0: Hello, listeners. Hope you're well and staying safe out there. Uh, for today's episode, we want to preface by saying the episode was pre-recorded on June 7th, 2021, and things may have changed in a theater world that may not reflect in today's episode. But we are very excited to announce for an all-new upcoming episode where we look at the work of a single playwright from their large body of work, and we look at the first play they've ever written Uh, play from their mid-career, and the latest or their most recent play of their career. So next week, we'll be looking at uh, the work of August Wilson, and these plays will include Jitney, The Piano Lesson, and Radio Golf. So we hope you will check these plays out and join us for the conversation. Take care and enjoy today's episode.
1: you are listening to Beckett's Babies where your hosts Sam
0: Collier and Sarah Cho and today we are going to talk about artistic statements writing artistic statements i think we all have some mixed love hate feelings about artistic statements <laughs> but today that's what we're going to talk about so is there playwright... any
1: yeah is there anybody who loves them I don't know. Maybe
0: (laughs) (laughs) there might be some people out there that actually like writing. I don't know. There could be. Um, So, yeah. So every playwright, right? We at some point in our career, uh, we have to write an artistic statement or what others might call a manifesto. That's another word I've heard. So whether it be for a playwriting opportunity or for your website or for a possible job, who knows, right? Uh, it's good to have one in your arsenal ready to go. So in this episode, we're going to talk about what it is, what's the purpose, why it may or may not be important. Some of us might just like think it's just a waste of time. <laughs> maybe, maybe I pick up on picking up a phone, uh, talking to you as a person might be more helpful. Who knows, right? So <laughs> yeah. how you could approach to writing one and any questions to help you get started thinking about writing your artistic statement. Um, So to get us started, Sam. Yeah. What has been your personal experience in writing an artistic statement? Do you hate it? Love it? So
1: here's what happens. Uh, if I'm applying for something, I will wait until like literally I'll, I'll work on the whole rest of the application, and then I'll wait until, like, five hours before the deadline, and I'll be like, oh, shit, I really need to write my artistic statement, and then I'll, like, uh, run out of time and kind of um, rework things that I've written in the past and... Uh, gosh, I don't know if I should actually be saying this on the podcast, but like, <laughs> I just hate it so much that I put it off till the last minute and don't do as good a job as I could. And I, I know all the advice is like, oh, spend a lot of time on it and like mm-hmm. spend enough time, do it, start early enough that you can show it to your, you know, your peers so they can give you feedback on it. And like, I know that that's the right thing to do. And, um, uh, I never do it. <laughs> mm-hmm
0: yeah yeah totally hear that um I think too maybe my frustrations with it is like my interests or my you know who I am as a person changes over time and i oh, like yeah. I don't know it's like I don't know if I still believe in the same things I did five years ago or whatever um and sometimes playwriting opportunities, when they ask for artistic t- statements, it's tied with the play, I think, you know, like, why do you want to submit this play? And why do you think you'd be a good fit mm-hmm. for this opportunity with your play? So you're like having to craft your artistic statement with your play, which, you know, may or may not change. Or maybe you're interested in the, cha- the topics of that play might change in five minutes few years or a year from now and you're like oh yeah but I think it's such a drag sometimes Uh, (laughs) personally um
1: it's so hard to know what to write
0: mm -hmm. yeah it really is um so I pulled a couple of links and there were some quotes just from playwrights uh their personal thoughts uh experiences with uh Writing an artistic statement. I'll just read one at a time, or maybe who knows? I'll read all. I don't know. But um, if you agree, disagree, feel free to chime in. Um, <laughs> so this is from uh, Christina Quintana. She wrote "Scissoring," and I'll re- I'll put these links up for y'all listeners. Uh, but she says enthusiasm sings on the page, and expressing your excitement genuinely and specifically is a powerful way to tackle applications. If you're excited, I'm excited. So I was like, okay. Um, I like that. Yeah. I think, I think I could see if you're really passionate about this play and you want that you want to get made or seen and read, um, it'll read through instead mm-hmm. of. Um, so I think that's important. Yeah. This next one is a playwright that we read uh, one of her plays for our play of the month, Martina My Yoke right mm-hmm. cost of mm-hmm. living uh she says declare your hopes and intentions both what you wish will happen and what you intend to do and sound like yourself now sound like yourself is a lot <laughs> easier said than done yeah from what i'm hearing from a lot of people is that you know as a person you might be fun quirky very personable but maybe on the page it comes off really weird and pretentious <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> So I know. it's, I think that I thought that was interesting that people that sound like yourself, like that, I started to notice that um, a lot of people. Isn't said, it so
1: funny that like playwrights who spend all this time developing voices and writing dialogue of literally people talking <laughs> have such a hard time sounding like ourselves. I mean, I cuz I count myself in this too. It's really I feel like I have to like in order to sound like myself, I have to imagine the character of Sam speaking. <laughs> you know, like I cuz if I just write what I think, it does sound really pretentious. And so I have to intentionally yeah. write my voice as if I'm writing a character somehow. I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so funny. And for me, I'm like, Sarah, I don't trust you. Like, I don't really? trust
1: you.
0: <laughs> what, I don't know. What I'm do like, you mean? Say more about I don't that. know. I, I think I'm just like, I, um, same way I kind of said earlier, but maybe I what I'm saying now just might not resonate resonate with me. You know, like I just mm. I, like, it's like, I try, I try to think about my work as a whole and stuff. And I try to think about myself, but I, I just like, I don't know. I'm always constantly changing my mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um. I like this one from Leah Nanaka Winkler. Uh, she says, "Think about why you need to write and be honest. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Be clear and full of conviction. Believe what you write by yourself and let that come through. Don't be fake. Don't be fake. Um, yeah, I think I'm. I, I am curious to know when um, theaters or like literary managers they read your artistic statement. and They're just like, oh, I don't like what comes across. That sounds so." that's not not true yeah and i'm so curious about that like what what that could be or what could that look like
1: this Um, is the hard thing i have that uh this is what i find difficult about like reading or hearing advice mm -hmm. um about what theaters want in an artistic statement is that it's it's always um, these kind of guidelines, like don't be fake. And rarely do they give examples of, or specifics about what, what they mean. And, yeah. and I find it really hard when I'm writing a statement to, and I know they always say without fail, they're like every artistic statement is different. And don't there's not one thing we're looking for and don't feel like you need to write an artistic statement in a certain way. And yet um, guidelines like show us who you are and what your voice is um, make it sound like they are looking for something specific. And then I feel like a lot of times I don't know what that
0: looks like. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And how is it different from... A resume how is it different from your bio <laughs> like they say they want to mm-hmm. get to know you what, what have you done what are you doing um i and so when they say they want to get to know me like i yeah i are they wanting to know where i'm coming from like do you want my whole uh history my life story mm-hmm. <laughs> you want me to write a memoir um do you want me to like i um yeah it and I and some examples I've seen that playwrights do is like almost clear uh they'll write like, I want to write blank like I love to write I only write you know, they kind of like mm. they make it try to clear what uh their writing is, but even like that I'm like so the finality of it is just so, like, well, it's – and, again, this is me, Sarah, being, like, very wishy-washy and just, like, I'm always, like, constantly changing my mind. Is that, like, well, one minute I want to write comedies, but maybe the next minute I'm just, like, oh, maybe I want to write something more, like, memory and, like, artistic device. Like, you know, like, I don't know. I just don't know what uh, the purpose of artistic statement is. <laughs>
1: It sounds like you're saying that you don't want to box yourself in, that you yeah. don't want your artistic statement to um,
0: pin you down in any particular way. Yeah. And I know it's just like, just write it, submit it, and hope you get the work or that job or the opportunity. Just do it for that sake. <laughs> but but it's just like when you f- have to sit there and you force yourself and to write that, Um, and try to be honest as possible is maybe artistic statements should be just like I don't know I don't know who I am I don't know what I want I don't know where I am I don't know (laughs) know.
1: (laughs) yeah I really hear that and I also um there's like a bratty part of me that's like just read my play reader Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know then you'll know who I am by reading my play Mm -hmm. Um, but having read applications, I also know that sometimes when I am reading a play, particularly if it's just an excerpt and I don't know how to receive it, that the artistic statement can fill in for me information about how that person is thinking about their play. Um, particularly tone, like sometimes a play is uh very sarcastic or ironic or you know is approaching some thorny issue from a position of humor and critique and in that case I think an artistic statement can really help me understand uh that that kind of pointed tone Mm. um Mm. So that so that I'm not I'm not reading that play is like a genuine um, portrait of how this writer thinks the world should be. Um,
0: I know this is fake. Yeah, but what you're saying is reminding me of um, another quote here from Liz Frankel. She was a literary manager of the public theater. Mm -hmm. Where she ran Emerging Writers Group and she's currently the director of new work at the Alley Theater. And she says, a good artist statement allows a reader to get to know you better as a person and an artist. We read hundreds of them as we consider applications for Emerging Writers Group at the public theater. And the ones that stand out reveal something about the writer that we couldn't glean from their resume and also couldn't guess. So yeah, I think that's an important opportunity to... um, like yeah. a, your like a second chance moment. Give me this this like your second chance moment. Um. Yeah. Let's see here. Um,
1: but but honestly, it's so hard to be. It's also really hard, I think, to say something in an artistic statement that doesn't feel cliched, because often I find myself, you know, talking about the power of theater or whatever, and like there's nothing I can say about the power of theater that's not by this point, a cliche. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least
0: that's how it feels to me. Mm-hmm. I was looking back at one of my, like, early first artistic artistic statements I ever wrote, and reading it now, t- like, 10 years later, um, I was like, oh, man, this comes off like, I don't, I'm not taking this seriously at all. Like, it comes off like, I'm not, I don't, not really thinking about the opportunity seriously of like what is it that um, like I so giving it some time like if you could write it and then give yourself that if you're able to write early enough and give yourself the space the room to read it later like maybe you'll see how it really comes off.
1: So I think we all want to know a specific example from your <laughs> artistic statement from ten years ago that makes it sound like you're not taking it seriously.
0: Um, it's it just sounded really juvenile. Like it's um, like I think okay, I I don't know if I want to get into specifics. I really, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. fine. It's embarrassing. That's but fine. I'll say this. Like I. You know, it's like, and you, I mean, okay, I'm sure everyone has access to it, but if you were to read my grad school thesis, my opening, you'll know. Exactly <laughs> oh um, my gosh. So epic. But uh, let's just say it's in that vein. Uh, but um, <laughs> but don't you think, I mean,
1: I, I honestly think that if theaters are going to say, show us who you really are mm-hmm. and, and write it in your authentic voice. Then there has to be some room in that for somebody who's really young and irreverent to be like, "This is what I think about theater, and this is what I, this is how I, as a young person, see this opportunity."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, even if you're embarrassed by yeah. it now, at the time you wrote it, yeah, it was an authentic representation of who you were.
0: Yeah, it really was. Like I, (laughs) I at the time that Sarah was really thinking um, like her point of view of the world is, you know, she's just kind of like laughing at everything and like the whole situation of the world. (laughs) Um, But, you know, and also just like it very, it was like, I was like, it was a little too whimsical for sure. Uh, But I... But I think it, it didn't direct... If there's one thing, I'll say this, is that uh, it didn't direct the um, like like the prompt of the questions. Like Or like oh. I wasn't really answering... My artistic statement was not answering to the theater's mission or whatever. You know, like it yeah. didn't acknowledge that. It was just kind of like, me, 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 me. Goodbye.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think that's one of the helpful pieces of advice that I see a lot is um, if they have questions in the application, then then it's important to answer those questions. Somehow that took me a long time to realize that 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 was
0: important. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um... I'll just read this last quote before moving on, but this made me think, I kind of like this one. So this is from Nathan Youngerberg, his uh, Brooklyn-based playwright, and he writes, writing the artistic statement makes me want to scream, yell, and break things. I find it very (laughs) difficult to explain why I do what I do because sometimes I get a bit uh, by intense creative inspiration and the story possesses me and I just, I have to get it out. Uh, My biggest snag is obsessing about what they want to hear rather than focusing on my personal truth. So I feel like this really sums up our feelings. Um, Nathan,
1: wherever you are out there, uh, you and I are um, similar in that way for sure.
0: (laughs) So true. So, um, yeah. So I think one of the things – been noticing as truth like what is your personal truth what is
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and I don't know I feel like to even bring up that question it just it just feels like it's very bloated like
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and so I hate to use this I hate to say this you guys are gonna at me I know whatever <laughs> uh, so put in layman terms like what's your brand yo uh, uh. <laughs> I hate the word <laughs> But I honestly, like, it, it, um, so I only bring this up because I came across, uh, this, uh, interview as a screenwriter. She's like, what's your brand? Not having one is hurting you. Um, and I came across this because, uh, Elise Hollander, I think she went to college with me for like first year and before she transferred. And then her, uh, screenplay, I remember, Blonde Ambition was, like, number one on the blacklist. And it was, like... Blonde Ambition? Blonde Ambition. It's about uh, Madonna. It's, like, a biopic of her. And so in this interview, I'll make sure to link it, but the interview is kind of, like, she kind of explains her take that having a specific especially I think and it is kind of coming from screenwriting which is going to be different but it's there's something here that's pretty helpful right when screenwriting I think it's like because it's it's such a business driven model like that in a way that they want to hire that right for that specific work right like if you're good at writing musicals or you're really good at you're that go-to person to write comedies or slapstick comedy or whatever like Mm -hmm. you Like, your agents and managers will say that, like, they want to be able to just, like, throw you in there. Like, yeah, I know this person, this person, uh, this writer is good at this one thing, this thing. yeah Um, So, in that kind of sense, I was, like, made me think about your artistic statement in that, like, oh, what? Again, I'm a wishy-washy, like I said, but what is it the thing that I really want, like, like to write about? Um, So... Here's a question. This is a question I want to ask to you, Sam. Okay. okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, uh, if you were to look at all the plays that you've written, mm-hmm. just like collectively I as already a whole, hate this question. <laughs> I knew it. As a whole, but what do you think? And if you stand, like, who are you, Sam? Like, who are you?
1: I love how you're like. I personally, Sarah Cho hate defining my work in one particular mm-hmm. way. Oh. However, however, I'm gonna ask you to do it <laughs> Sam um, okay, here's what I usually say when people ask me that question yes. and I think I think uh, I think I agree with myself most of the time <laughs> okay <laughs> um, I think my work is really mostly about um telling stories that open up possibilities uh, beyond the everyday, whether that's through some kind of magic or um, science fiction-esque element. Um, Or, you know, talking animals. Um, I just like to have this kind of uh, slanted version of reality and... And particularly because I think theater can do that, can access our imaginations in a way that other, no other medium can do as well. Um, mm. When you're watching film, at least American film that is mainstream that's being made today, I mean, 99.9% of film is um, – trying to present the world exactly as we see it in real life. And, and I think theater, because we're already suspending disbelief and we're already supplying the world around these characters with our imagination can really easily ask us to imagine a different kind of world. Um, So whether that's a world in which time is fluid or a world in which, uh, monsters can be can (laughs) eat people's arms off um Mm -hmm. and, and i think and i think theater allows us to see a duality of uh a duality of kind of lenses or worlds superimposed on each other at the same time so you can be watching a play that is about um one story and and at the same time you can imagine another reality superimposed upon that story and, and see it. And those things can be operating at the same time in a way that I think film just doesn't do as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And, oh gosh, I don't even know if that answers your question, but but that's what I think about a lot in my, in my work.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's important. Um, So, I guess my other question to that is what. Well, don't I get to ask you
1: first before you ask me a second question? (laughs) No, that's okay. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Ask (laughs) yourself.
0: Well, I was just, well, I was also just wondering because as you were saying this and you're really, um, yeah, you were giving me like a picture of like your ideas and the themes. So then the question I had was like, well, I'm so curious, Sam, like, what is your technique to? bring those ideas out or, like, to oh, think gosh. about those ideas? Um, write as fast
1: as I can without <laughs> thinking.
0: <laughs> right.
1: I don't know. I mean, I, it's hard. yeah, I guess, um, I really don't think about technique until, consciously, until I'm revising. Mm. And I think it's different for every play because in my first draft, I'm just, um, kind of discovering and then in my second draft I'm like oh okay in this play this play feels like a runaway train so how can I how can I sharpen my technique around that structure mm. um or this play feels like um so, so for Silo Tree, I had this image in my mind of a river that's moving in one direction, but the wind is blowing the surface of the water in the opposite direction, and that kind of crystallized my thinking about the way the time in Silo Tree. The story is moving. The chronologically, we're moving backwards in time, mm-hmm. but it's the past it's this story in the past that answers the questions in the present moment. And so we're discovering forward, even as we're uh, moving backwards, Mm -hmm. um, if that makes sense. And so, Mm -hmm. but, but it's hard for me to say anything about technique without that. That is true of all my plays, I guess.
0: Mm. Yeah. Cause when I think about, Just, like, times I've, like, spent time with you. One, I know you're a poet. Mm. And I know – and in class, I remember, you just draw a lot. You like to draw. Yeah, that's true. So I feel like there's something there where you're, as a poet, and uh, you as, like, a visual playwright, like, because you're, you know, you do – I think even just, like, when you describe your – the part about your play and how you came about it. it's like i see the vision like i see the visual you know you, the way you described it like i saw it mm-hmm. um so i feel like there's something there too um see to listen. listeners this is why you
1: should talk to your fellow playwrights about your work yeah. <laughs> i feel like yes. as you're saying that i'm thinking of things i could put in an artistic statement
0: no absolutely no i no. Totally. Like this is why I'm like asking this question and like because I so I could talk about me, but I yeah, feel Yeah, tell like, me
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah. So I think well, first of all, I live with a writer. <laughs> so my yeah. fiance is you're a writer. cat. Butters. my cat, Butters. She's a writer too, but I live with a writer. <laughs> I live with a couple of writers. But I think it is there's something important there where you can talk about to Get these ideas out with another person because they'll like see it objectively. But I think it was last year where, no, maybe a couple of years ago, but I was just kind of spitballing, talking out loud. I'm like, because mm-hmm. I was trying to write an artistic statement, I guess, at the time. But, and I was like thinking out loud, talking out loud. And some of the conclusions I had, I noticed, and this is why I think it's also important. At pre- that we write as many plays as you can. Cause I don't think I would have mm. been able to figure this out unless I wrote multiple different plays, but I looked at my work collectively and I was like, I see a single theme and I think it's coming from a personal experience, but I do write from a perspective or write into themes of like working class families. Like, mm-hmm. because I think cause yeah. I, just grew, I just grew up in a working class home. Like I, and so and then I think the themes from wherever that comes about whether I write the most absurd things or whatever if I'm writing about technology or whatever I think it's like comes from that place and so it tends to like it tends to resonate in other ways but I think that's I mean it could change again I'm a wishy-washy person (laughs) but like I it's been so far like an anchor of mine where I'm like okay like to have that epiphany i'm like oh i do even though it's broad but it's like it's been my anchor for every player right um helps me in the same way like after you write a draft what are those ideas like that kind of that i start honing in on that resonates with me mm-hmm. and strongly and so um but yeah it was just like i talk. i was like talk, like what you're doing i was just like talking out loud uh, mm-hmm. With my fiance, and then he would ask me questions, and I was like, "I think I'm starting to notice something here."
1: <laughs> and so now, do
0: you put that in your artistic statement about? I I haven't written one, but yeah. I do I do bring it up. I think I do if I have to write a, uh, whatever the for my applications, I do bring it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, I think I- even if it's like so maybe it's not the biggest thing that's in my play but i think me as a playwright that's my point of view i'm coming from that place and i mm-hmm. maybe hopefully when the reader reads my plays they're like oh like that this was sarah's personal experience and this is how she views uh this reality or this world this way
1: mm-hmm.
0: and like that i can think that is the hope but who knows <laughs>
1: I'm curious about, so something about your work that always strikes me is your use of comedy, of course. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if you ever talk about that, like, um, or think about that in terms of your aesthetics or your
0: technique. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think I use comedy as the device to, like, so much about the mechanics of comedy and uh, like the structures in the comedy, everything like that. Like I, it it is, I feel like it is my roadmap Mm -hmm. when I approach to my uh, plays as I kind of like insert those themes or like find a way to write that particular theme or idea into this roadmap. Um, But I, the thing is, it's like, I, what I hope a, to achieve in the artistic statement is like, if I hope to I, to make the reader laugh. Yeah, <laughs> the, the comedy is like if I'm passionate about comedy and like I hope I'm a funny enough person to read that through. Uh like I guess that would be my way in.
1: Is, mm-hmm.
0: is can I also make this reader laugh as they're thinking about me as a person?
1: You know. So you try to make them laugh in not just in the play but also in the artistic statement.
0: I think so. Like I because cool. if as a person who wants to write comedies I think uh they want to see can you make a person laugh like that I mean right are you funny (laughs) are you funny like uh can you make a person laugh that's gonna be hard to do um so I and it it would be kind of weird right if to I think it wouldn't make sense like it would clash my personality like if I wrote something Mm. like really that not that doesn't sound like myself Mm -hmm. and it was like really dark and then they looked at my they met me and they're like whoa she's kind of quirky and weird (laughs) i don't know like because it's kind of a calling card
1: it's supposed to be i guess it's supposed to tell them what you're gonna be
0: like to work with exactly yeah 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 that makes sense so that's just like had. yeah i think that's a good exercise it's just if you have time and it's, there's no deadline to rush you is <laughs> just to kind of like thinking about your work as a whole and just kind of yeah. free writing yeah. it. And yeah. So, yeah. Um, any other thoughts? Any other uh, I wishful know. thinking? I, I mean, it's,
1: I, do you write it? Do you write? Do you think people should write a different one for every application, or oh, just like have God. an artistic statement? That <laughs> I know that's how I feel. I, but it does I, often feel like yeah. they want something specific, you know, to that. Yeah, it
0: really does. And the thing is, um, one apply to places that don't take artistic statements. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any? I don't know. I, I'm sure there. I feel like there's got to be because I'm always like proactively looking for those. <laughs> but um i don't know i just feel like if i wrote way too many artistic statements i'm gonna start losing sight of and get confused with myself um but i don't know like if you read the development they you read about where they're coming from their mission statement i mean does it align with how you think about playwriting or i mean or i don't know like would you just want to enforce, like, force yourself into the mission? Um, right, right. I don't know. I have a more of, like, take it or leave it, man, attitude. Like, you want me or not? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's really healthy. Uh, this is who I am. Uh, love me or Yeah, not. don't change yourself, Sarah. Right. So... Uh, I mean, that's kind of been always been my take, I think, but I don't know. Sometimes I, I guess across, yeah. Okay, I do have one
1: more thing to say, which I don't know if any of this is really helpful for people who are listening, but I do think that one specific thing um, that I've learned from reading applications is that the more specific you can be in an artistic statement, the better. So, you yeah. know... Well, just like to use specific examples. Um, Mm -hmm. So, right. So like you were talking about writing about working class families. And so I guess I would want to know, like, what does that mean to Sarah Cho? And Mm. what does that look like in your plays? And, um, yeah, you know, I think specificity is always the heart
0: of good writing. Mm. Totally. I agree. So I hope we found hope that was useful at all. I hope it got you all thinking about. Gosh, I hope so too. (laughs) It's um, and I love to hear uh, what your process is like, listeners. When you know you get that artistic statement requirement, you know what do you start thinking about? What do you start? What do you I don't know brainstorming drafting rewriting it like what's that pro- what that process is like for you yeah yeah or maybe you just hate it and you think we should abolish artistic statements <laughs> like go to my twitter account I'm just kidding. don't go to my twitter account <laughs> just kidding now I'm, go.
1: I'm kind of wondering what would be what would take the place of it if if we didn't have artistic statements what would what be would take- i kind
0: for some reason i thought that's
1: what websites were for i don't know here's I, an idea i just thought yeah. of this this just came into my mind what if instead of an artistic statement you just sent three images that represent how you see the world
0: Hmm. <sighs> mine would all be food pictures
1: <laughs> <laughs> food, food food see i think that would tell me something about you as a person
0: and as an artist oh that's funny yeah i think um i love food so I don't know. yeah maybe my i think my food would be like really just greasy chicken mcnuggets <laughs> so
1: bad i mean on the other hand as writers i guess uh trying to express ourselves in words is not such a terrible thing to
0: ask of us Right, no. Uh, Maybe well, I, should, I should start a petition of uh, visuals, images for art to <laughs> replace of <some> artistic. <laughs> <things>. <laughs> now I'm like I can't stop thinking about chicken McNuggets. <laughs> okay, all right. That is that is all from us. We'll move on to glistens All right. Let's okay. Move on to okay. Okay um should i start yeah you start
1: because i'm still trying to think of what i'm gonna say (laughs)
0: uh all right so i'm thinking that so listeners when you hear this episode uh you have we're recording a week earlier or later i don't know how this works um so you're listening to this it's probably june 15th okay so what has happened in my life? Okay, I am in the process of moving. And by the time you hear this episode, hopefully I have moved into my new apartment.
1: And Congratulations, so, future thank Sarah.
0: You. Thank you, past Sam. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, it's. Um, yeah, we've been, like, looking for an apartment for, like, a long while because we, li- we live in a – basically, it's a studio apartment that was converted into a one-bedroom apartment. So, we pay, mm. like, a st- like, a one-bedroom apartment price for a studio. Oh, I uh,
1: thought you were going to say you get to pay a studio
0: bedroom price. No, I wish. So, it's very annoying. That's just how, uh, I guess, economy works. And um, And so, we've been looking. We're also, like, looking for a larger space because maybe – Maybe you wanna start a family down the <gasps> line. Whoa. Maybe. Um, so that's just that's kind I of I feel a, like this is
1: a big uh this is a big moment for Beckett's babies. That
0: there might actually be a baby. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, that's so I'm still scheduled to get married next June, but you know, we'll see. Um so yeah, that's just sort of like I'm excited. I feel like another chapter in my life. That's kind of like some. What's your
1: favorite thing about the new apartment?
0: Um, that it's just bigger. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But I could be in another room. I could be on the other side of the apartment, and Nick could be on the other side when we haven't into- get into a fight instead of being in our same <laughs> 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 uh, Oh my gosh. And then it's so important. Yeah. It has two full bathrooms. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So when guests come over, that's one awesome thing too. But also I thought you were gonna the, say so
1: when you're fighting, you can have <laughs> you your own
0: bathroom. That too. That too. I all I already claimed which bathroom I want in that <laughs> situation. So um so yeah. So yeah, so I'm really excited. Um, but again, I don't know, like am I gonna still live in LA in a year? Who knows? Um, but it's exciting. What? And- Where would you go? I don't know. Anywhere but here. <laughs> okay. Uh, we we'll all see. look forward to hearing more
1: developments on that front. Well, yeah. We'll keep you posted. <laughs> all right. What's uh, your question, Sam? Okay, well, I I do, I did think of what I want to talk about, which I just started reading, finally, just started reading the book Pachinko. Have you read that? I mentioned <gasps> um, like... mm.
0: That sounds really familiar. No, I haven't. So
1: it's, uh, it's about, um, a Korean family in Japan and it's, it's like one of these big sprawling historical novels that follows this family over, you know, multiple generations. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I really can't say anything much about it because I, I just started reading it and I'm very early in the book, but, um, really enjoying it so far and I remember when it first came out there was there was a lot of talk about it and um so cool that's awesome. I'm just glad now be that I, yeah I
0: just like quickly googled it and I'm like oh I, I remember the the cover <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember yeah. talking about this and I think this was on my list to read Matt Sam I have so many library books that I wish I could turn in before I move do they not have any? They don't even have like a drop off box or anything. No, they I tried dropping them off and they, they were not allowed to drop them off until they reopen. Whoa. So I and maybe it's because they don't want to like overfill it. Maybe a lot of people, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so but oh, I'm having to carry like 30 books over. Oh, are so you guys annoying. renting a truck? Yes, we are. We we're renting a truck. I think we're gonna try to move as much as we can in the morning ourselves with my with both our cars and then we got a truck for like the big heavy mm-hmm. stuff that a friend of ours is, our friend is also helping us move so yeah we'll see ugh this is the last move of my life I feel like right. my back can't take it anymore you just said you might move in a year <laughs> <laughs> I know alright thanks for listening folks uh, we hope you're staying don't safe forget to there.
1: share and uh, read Repost or whatever you do with
0: podcasts. I don't know.
1: Like us, follow us, okay. tell your friends.
0: Oh, man. And stay Sam Call <laughs> Sam Call here.